through a journey in the book of Acts, and um, ironically today, as we are journeying through the book of Acts, and these kids were kind of journeying through the desert today, those two worlds are going to intersect, because today we're going to look at one of Jesus' followers in the book of Acts who had a desert experience. Just to review a little bit, remember we began Acts chapter 1 and saw the amazing thing of Jesus' ascension into heaven, where he made it very clear. Jesus had lived on earth for 33 years, had died and was resurrected and was ascending to heaven, but Jesus was going to continue to be at work. And so the book of Acts shows us over and over and over again how Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, is still at work on earth Acts chapter 2, we saw the coming of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church and the amazing transformation of people's lives as they experienced God. In chapter 3, we saw Peter and John as they were entering to the temple and they saw a man who had been lame. He had had not been able to walk his entire life and through the power of the name of Jesus, through the influence of Jesus, they were able to bring healing and health and vitality and joy to this man's life. In chapter 4, we began to see kind of trouble brewing as the religious leaders began to get jealous and they began to, to crack down and put Peter and John on trial. And you remember what they told them? They said, we must obey God rather than man. And then Acts chapter 5, we saw as, as the church continued to grow in this enormous exponential fashion that there began to begin to be some situations, some things that needed to be solved. And so God said, well, choose six men full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom. And they basically ran a feeding program for the widows in their church. Now, two of those men, the first two listed in that list of six men who were chosen were Stephen who we looked at last week, who because of his proclamation of Jesus and that Jesus really was access to God, no longer the the temple or the sacrificial system, but if a person wanted a relationship with God, it was going to come through Jesus. And because of that, they stoned Stephen to death. And as a result of that, that was kind of the the kickoff for, for major persecution in the church. The second person in that list of men full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom was a man by the name of Philip. And it's his story we're going to look at today. Acts chapter 8, if you have a a copy of the scriptures, we'll start in verse 1 through 3. On the tail end of the stoning of Stephen, it says, And Saul approved of his execution. And there rose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made a great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now, when you hear that word, scattered. You know, that can be kind of a, a scary word. Nobody wants, like, people that you're close with, people that you, that you love. You don't want to be scattered. But one thing we know to be true is God is always up to something good. So we may not like that. That might scare us. That might make us nervous. But we know that even in that, even in that scattering, God is up to something good. And in this case, 
as followers of Jesus scatter because of the persecution in Jerusalem, actually what they begin to do is fulfill what Jesus told them to do. They begin to take the good news, to take the gospel, to take the message of Jesus throughout the world everywhere that they went. Look at verses 4 through 5 of Acts chapter 8. It says, Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. You know, when I hear that word scattered, I, th- I think about Lori and her friends in Ukraine and kind of their, their story and why they are called the ants. Because like she said, when, when, you know, when you, when, you, when you put a stick or you step on an ant bed, it looks like they're just scattering, like they're just going crazy, like there's a panic. But what we don't understand, but they seem to know in some way, is they're not panicking, they're just getting to work. They're just doing what needs to now currently be done. If you look at a definition of the word scattered in the dictionary, it says, occurring or found at intervals or various locations rather than all together. You see, we think scattered, we think sometimes of the negative connotation because if if we're scattered-minded, that's not good, right? Why? Because there's only one of us, right? If there's only one of you, then you shouldn't be scattered. You should be what? You should be focused, right? You should be focused on the mission. You should be focused on what you're supposed to do. We get frustrated when we're around someone and, and we need them to do something. But because they're so scattered, because they're every which direction, they can't get it done. But when it comes to people, when God scatters people, but those individual people remain focused on the mission, remain focused on what God called them and them to do, then suddenly God begins to do something great. God begins to do something wonderful. When God leads us, good things happen. So today we're going to look at, even when we're scattered, because we've, we've looked up at, at, to this point kind of the, the church as a whole and how God, through his Holy Spirit, has led the church. But the truth is, God wants to lead you, and God wants to lead me also. And we know when God leads us, good things happen. So the first thing we're going to see is when God leads you, you'll go to places you wouldn't have gone. In other words, when God leads you, you might wind up in a place that you wouldn't have chosen if God had not led you there. Verse 26 says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. You see, Philip mission from God. God is telling Philip where to go, and the where in this case is he down a desert road. Now, Philip probably wouldn't have chosen this if he was choosing. Right? If he was choosing his, his best location, it probably wouldn't go, to be go, go down a desert road. But Philip's not choosing. Philip's allowing God to choose. Philip is obeying God. God told him to go, so he went. I remember when Lori was in high school, she went to, to Leon High School, and we used to have these, these fried chicken lunches. So, so I, I would bring chicken for her and the other students that were at Leon, and we'd just sit outside and eat. And I remember we, we kept having to get more and more chicken because as people would walk by and see us having this lunch, they would, they would ask for some. And, of course, Lori is, is not going to tell anybody, no, what's she going to do? She's going to give them her chicken, right? So over and over again, Lori would have no lunch because we would bring this chicken for, for this, this Leon lunch group, and she would always give away her chicken. Now, it 
because she just had that kind of heart. She had that kind of generosity. Now, Callan will remind me, if it had been Dr. Pepper and Red Twizzlers, it might have been a different story. She might have held on to that a little bit more tightly. But Lori always had kind of that, that generous, giving, gracious heart, even from a very young age. So we kind of knew early on that God was up to something in the life of Lori. But if you had asked Lori at that time, okay, God's obviously calling you to to do something or to go somewhere, probably Ukraine would not have been anywhere on her radar. She would not have chosen that. And if you back up and make it generic and say, Lori, if you were choosing Would you choose to go and spend your life in a country that every seven or eight years, because they're going to be invaded by a foreign power, you're going to be completely displaced? And everybody that that you've come to to, to relate with and have these relationships with and these ministry bases that you have established are going to have to move to another part of the country because Lori's had to do that twice already since she's been there. That's probably not what she would have chosen for herself. But what Lori did was Lori said, God, what what do you want? Where do you want me to go? You see, when God leads us, he may very well lead us to a place that if we were choosing, we would not choose for ourselves. But the truth is, now that Lori is there, as you can tell in that video, and just her, her love for the people there, Lori would not trade where she's at. She would not trade her life for anything in the world. So yeah, when when we allow God to do the choosing, when God chooses instead of us choosing, we may wind up in a place that we wouldn't choose for ourselves. But the other truth is, we also wouldn't trade it for anything because there's nothing better than being in the center of God's will, what God desires for us, what God wants us to do with our lives. And sometimes that's going to a place emotionally. Sometimes that's going to a place relationally. But we know, like in the, in the example of Philip and the other followers of Jesus, when God takes us to a place, it's always for the gospel. It's always for good news. God is at work And part of the way he is at work is by leading us to go places that we wouldn't choose. The other thing we see here is when God leads, you'll have encounters that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Look at verses 27 through 29. Again, talking about Philip. And it says, And he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. Now when it says, and and there was an Ethiopian, literally that's like, behold, there was an Ethiopian. Some translations use that word, behold. Why? Because it was a surprise. Where was he? He was on a desert road. He was on a desolate road. He didn't expect to see other people, much less an official of the, of the country of Ethiopia. Now, he may have expected to, to see an armadillo or a jackrabbit or a coyote or a strange lizard with a very big tail and a colorful bird. He might have expected all of those things, but he did not expect on this desert road to see the treasurer for the country of Ethiopia. This was a well-off man. He was the treasurer for the queen of Ethiopia. He was traveling from Jerusalem back to Ethiopia. He had gone to Jerusalem to worship. He was a God-fearer. He was a proselyte. He was somebody who, who, had, who had converted to Judaism or to be a God-fearer. 
And now the amazing thing is through all of this, Philip is about to become a part of something much bigger than he could ever have imagined. Look at Isaiah chapter 11, verse 11, if you have a copy of the scriptures. Isaiah 11, 11 says, In that day the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time to recover the remnant that remains of his people from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, and from the coastlands of the sea. Now, as you first read that, that may not mean much, but that that country Cush that is listed in there, in the Old Testament, they called it Cush, but in the New Testament, it's actually the country of Ethiopia. So here is this promise in in, in the book of Isaiah, hundreds of years prior to this, about God gathering people from the country of Cush. And here's this encounter that Philip is having on this desert, desolate road with this man who's from the very place that God is going to gather people from. And then the Spirit instructs Philip to take this from a chance encounter to a divine appointment. In other words, what, what could have just looked like, well, I, I guess, you know, I'm just, what are the odds? Was on this desert road and ran into an important figure from another country. But because God was involved, you know, it's more than that. It's, it's not a lucky coincidence. God is up to something. Look at verse 29, it says, And the Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. Throughout the book of Acts, you see this this pattern of, of the Holy Spirit guiding people into important, significant encounters. When we are led by the Holy Spirit, you know, it, it no longer is it, is it just a trip to Publix or just a trip to the doctor. It's an opportunity for spirit-led encounters, for possibilities of intersections of our lives with the lives of other people for the purpose of the gospel. Because when God leads you, you'll have encounters that otherwise you wouldn't have had. Another thing we see here is when God leads, you'll have opportunities that you wouldn't have even seen. Look at verses 30 through 35. It says, So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shear is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. What an opportunity. This encounter is turning even more significant as Philip gets up to the chariot and reads that this Ethiopian is reading an Old Testament passage which is explicitly and obviously about Jesus. So now he has this opportunity that if he had not listened to the Spirit of God, if he had not been willing to leave and go into the desert, he otherwise would not have ever had. Now think about these, these Christians, these followers of Jesus that have left Jerusalem, prior to this, 
what was their experience. In Jerusalem, it was amazing and it was wonderful. But mostly what it was was it was watching the apostles preach and people respond. It was watching Jesus' disciples tell people about Jesus. And yes, I know they were encouraged and they were excited to see people come to Jesus. But now because God is leading Philip, he has the opportunity to look somebody in the eye and tell them the good news, the truth, the gospel of Jesus. Now, Philip gets the thrill, the privilege of knowing that he has an opportunity to share good news. Because remember what the passage said, who, who stayed in Jerusalem? The apostles all stayed in Jerusalem. So this first expression of the gospel outside of Jerusalem, which is what Jesus had instructed them to do, is coming with these followers of Jesus who are not apostles. They're just regular guys like you and like me, just regular people taking advantage of opportunities that God gives us to tell people good news. It says Philip ran. See, Philip, he's no longer just traveling. Philip is now on a mission. Philip now has something to be excited about. This isn't just another journey down a desert road. This is something that he, that he, that he has a passion, that has a, a, a value to it. And then look at the humility of the Ethiopian because Philip asks him if he understands. And what does he say? How can I understand unless somebody guides me? What, what a beautiful thing that God brought these two men Together, Philip, who knows the truth of the Scripture, and this Ethiopian who's reading this, struggling to understand, and yet God has orchestrated all of this to bring them all together. See, Philip, he, yes, he was scattered. When he was scattered from Jerusalem, he went to Samaria. And then from Samaria, the angel told him to go on this desert road, and then the Spirit led him not to just observe, oh cool, a chariot, but to run and catch up with the chariot because God had a mission for him. So you can see God's hand at work through all of this. If we're willing to pay attention, if we're willing to, to listen, and we're willing to obey what God is doing, God is going to show us and give us opportunities for the gospel, to share the good news that otherwise we would completely miss. Another thing that God does is when God leads, you'll have experiences that otherwise you might not have enjoyed. Look at verses 36 through 40. It says, as they were going along the road, they came to some water. Now you might think, well, they're on a desert road. That had to be a relief. They're probably excited about getting something to drink. But apparently this, this gospel conversation that Philip has had with this Ethiopian has gone so well, this Ethiopian isn't even thinking about something to drink. That's not even what is on his mind. Look what he says. He says, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself in Azotos, and he passed through. He preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. I love that. The Ethiopian says to Philip, what prevents me from being baptized. You see, because he was an Ethiopian, because he was a eunuch, he would have been used to barriers, right? He's a God-fearer, so he travels to Jerusalem, to the temple, to worship on a regular basis, but the truth is he's still experiencing 
barriers. He's still kind of confined to like a a special court that they would have for for Gentiles. And he's still kind of looked down on by others because he's a eunuch. He's not considered a whole person. So he's used to the barriers. So it's very natural for him to ask Philip, well, there's there's water. Are, Are there any barriers that would prevent me from being baptized? And of course, the answer was no. Because of Jesus, because of what Jesus did, every single barrier had been eliminated. Every single barrier had been torn down. So there was absolutely nothing that could prevent this Ethiopian, who apparently now is a new believer, a new follower of Jesus. Nothing prevents him from being baptized. Nothing prevents him from having a full relationship with God because of what Jesus did. Because when you think about baptism, who is baptism for? Baptism is for people, for men and women and boys and girls who have trusted Jesus, who have believed that Jesus died for their sins on the cross and that he rose again. And so they're now, they're now willing to follow him for the rest of their life. The Bible says that's a person, that is a believer who should be baptized, who should paint a picture of that. Because what is it? Baptism is simply an outward sign of what has already taken place in the life of a person. Romans 6, 4 says this, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. You see, baptism is a picture. What happens in baptism is a person is lowered down into a tub or a tank or or water. In this case, it was a lake or a spring or a river of some sort. And the symbolism, the picture that's being painted there is that the same, in the same way that Jesus, when he died on the cross and was buried, he was literally dead. So for a believer, that means our life before we trusted Jesus is gone. That life is dead. It no longer exists. All of that is forgiven. All of that is cleansed and washed away. That's why it says, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. What a beautiful picture, because as you're lowered down into the water, and when you're picked up out of the water, it's a picture of in the same way that Jesus, who was dead for three days, rose again, no longer dead, proved once and for all that he really was Jesus, that he really was the Son of God, that he really was who he said he was. And in the same way, you and I, when we trust in Jesus, we have a brand new life. We have a life where our sins are forgiven. We have a life where our eternity is secured. We have a life where our purpose on life, for life on earth is secured because of who Jesus is and what Jesus did. So guys, as we think about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's activity, not just in the church, but as individuals, as God leads us, I wonder if we'd be willing to say, God, even if you lead me someplace I wouldn't choose, I'm willing to do it. Because God, even if you lead me on encounters that I just wouldn't even notice if I wasn't obeying and listening to you. God, that's what I want. God, I want opportunities not just to see them, but God, obeying you and being led by your Spirit. God, help me to take advantage of those opportunities for your glory and for the gospel and so that people can experience good news. And then, God, I, I look forward to the day when I can say, you know what? That is a good experience that I just had. And the reason I had that experience is because 
I was willing to obey. I was willing to do what God called me to do. Let's pray together. God, again, we thank you for this week. God, I thank you for these, these men and women and boys and girls and these children. And God, it's how all week they, they've celebrated and experienced your word. And God, I just pray, as, as some of them have heard good news, God, that your Holy Spirit is helping them to understand just how loved and cherished they are by you. God, that you are their hope for forgiveness, for sins, for the wrong things that we've done, that you're our hope for eternal life. And God, you're our hope for life on this earth that has purpose and meaning because we want to obey you and allow you to take us wherever you want to take us. In Jesus' name, amen.